Hello out there in uh, internet land. This is Did That Make Air, episode 14. I'm actually keeping track of these things now. Joined by Ed Barnes, I'm Brian Wilmer, and uh, this is going to be an interesting program. We, we normally at least have some kind of an idea of what we want to discuss, and tonight I don't know what the hell we're going to talk about. Well, uh, I don't know, Brian. Uh, sometimes those can end up being the best shows we have. Um, sometimes they end up not being that, but I don't know. I guess that <laughs> means that you can stay tuned and decide for yourself how we do. You think anything we've done has been the best show we've ever done? Absolutely, yeah. I think Iron <laughs> Pajama Jeans was probably the height um, of our collective creative powers. <laughs> and our discussion of late-night infomercials, we can further that today. So I'm excited to, to talk um, about that. I just can't remember the product that I was telling you about yesterday. So, that's, you know, it just shows my level of preparation and professionalism for this show, Brian. Well, I mean, you know, we, we could always go back to past uh, highlights and in, in past uh, iterations, like, you know, throwing groups of people parades and those types of things. Right. Yeah, we could. I mean, you know, I, I, I think that I, I might be excused a little bit from feeling quite as focused after the, the weekend I had. I, I'm sure we'll discuss that, too. But anyway, if you guys want to reach us here at the show, we have a few ways you can do it. I know that Brian has all that information. I absolutely do. Uh, <laughs> and I have to remind myself to say the right thing. Uh, DTMAPodcast at gmail.com. The email address again, DTMAPodcast at gmail.com. At Did That Make Air on Twitter. The chat room, if you're listening live, is running. If you're not listening live, you should be. So uh, that's on you. But if you want to reach the program, give us an idea for a big question or whatever it is you want to do, please feel free to do so. Well, you know, I, I enjoyed it. We had our first user-submitted big question a few weeks ago, and we'd love to get more of them. So please send them in. Absolutely. And uh, since we have no idea where we're going tonight, and we don't really have a big question... Let's just go ahead and start into the program because there are a lot of people getting pissed over food these days. So we might as well make fun of that. Yes. Um, as someone who uh, is in a relationship with someone who is a foodie, <laughs> uh, especially there's... one that has dietary restrictions, um, I can only imagine the fun we're about to have with this story. Yeah, there's, uh, there's nothing foodie about this, unfortunately, oh. but here it goes. Okay. Uh, Dateline San Antonio, a South Texas man faces an aggravated robbery charge after being accused of ordering several tacos, pulling a sword, and refusing to pay. Was it because they weren't high enough quality tacos? or? <laughs> I hope. Uh, an affidavit says 28-year-old Adam Kramer began sliding the sword out of a sheath. Say that ten times fast. And mm. uh, threatened a waitress at a Mexican restaurant in San Antonio. Nobody was hurt in the December 2nd incident. Authorities say Kramer walked out of the restaurant without the food and back to his truck while yelling either he got free tacos or somebody would die. <laughs> wow. Okay. Um, is there any mention in the copy whether or not he had just finished watching uh, Dodgeball uh, and tried to bring his imaginary friends Blade, Laser, and Blazer with him to do so? <laughs> Unfortunately, no. And uh, no, to answer the uh, the chat room inquiry, it was not Zorro. Sorry to tell you that. Mm. <laughs> Investigators say the waitress simply locked the door after the man drove away. Uh, he was arrested. Can't the next hate day. on that. Yeah, exactly. It's simple. Makes sense. Um, yeah. They set bond at fifty thousand dollars. Bayer County jail records did not list Kramer as still in custody or provide details on his attorney. 
Wow, $50,000 just sort of pulled that together, huh? Uh, yeah, pretty much. And you ha- you kind of have to wonder, if you're, if you're going to be walking into a store and demanding free tacos, chances are you're probably a little short on scratch to begin with or a little short on common sense or both. So the fact that he had $50,000 to just throw together is pretty, uh, pretty impressive. It is. Uh, you know what I'm actually wondering as I'm trying to put together the pieces as we always are <laughs> when we hear these stories? Sure. And um, I'm wondering, does it say anything if this guy maybe had a home shopping network program where he sold knives <laughs> and or samurai swords? <laughs> I, I hope. You know, it's, it's kind of funny that you bring that up because I was in uh, BJ's warehouse the other night, which is basically the East Coast Costco. And uh, I'm walking along and some guy comes up and he hands me this piece of paper. And he's like, here, come back and come back to the back shortly and get a free knife. And I'm just like. Okay, this can't end well. And so probably, I don't know. The ribs or in your hand? <laughs> in the back. <laughs> probably a minute later, I hear this guy over the uh, over the intercom, and he's like, ladies and gentlemen, a special promotion for BJ shoppers tonight. Come back to the back to the blue felt line table and get your free Ginsu knife. And I'm just like, somebody's going to die in this place. So I got out of there as quickly as I possibly could. But of all the places... To have a free knife promotion, a wholesale club during the Christmas season is probably about the dumbest you can get. I don't know. I think kids would do very well with that table. You know, don't send them to the table <laughs> where they're doing a dessert or some sort of, you know, uh, microwave breadstick or something like that. No, no, no. Make sure to send them to one with a nice, sharp knife. And while we're talking knives, and I know that you're going to appreciate this because we're actually kind of veering towards late night TV talk. Yes. Um, but really, I guess when it comes to finding out how good your knife is, I, I really only want to know how well can it cut a tomato. Uh, yeah, exactly. And of course, you know, you have to sharpen the credit card and use the credit card to cut the cut the tomato too. And it cut through some some plumbing um, type accessories, <laughs> maybe some PVC pipe, maybe a if boot. Can yeah, if it can't cut through a boot, <laughs> what am I using it on my steak for? And uh, by the way, the. Uh, <laughs> the product you were referring to uh, yesterday is the Of Glove. If so. you haven't seen the new Of Glove commercial, I would highly recommend it. It's fantastic. For the pre- the people we were talking about that we really enjoy in those commercials, and that's the people at the beginning who are demonstrating just how much you can struggle without whatever late-night TV product in your life. For the Of Glove, <laughs> if you're not familiar with it, no, it's true. Isn't that really what those people are there to illustrate? Yeah, exactly. Like the uh, Q-tip guy in, in the uh, wax back thing. Guy. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. You know, I want to be the guy because it wouldn't be a stretch for me. You just would have to actually film me while I sleep. I could be the one with the guy for the cooling thing that you put on top of your pillow. So I could be the guy <laughs> at the beginning who's just sweating like crazy and just flipping the pillow over just like, uh, you know, and I could turn into black and white. We can have an X come through me. That'll be good. So... <laughs> <laughs> no more of that than you can show me before I actually fall asleep putting my head down on the pillow cooling. I know you know the name of that device, too, and I can't think of it. I, I can't either, but I, what, what we need is we need Stu Scott in that infomercial. <laughs> if, oh! you, if you want to be as cool as the other side of the pillow. Yes. Um, no, actually, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to veto that idea now that I think of it. <laughs> um, but uh, the Other Glove commercial... Excuse me, is fantastic because it shows people trying to handle some hot items. And my favorite one, though, was they said, having trouble getting that hot soup out of the microwave. And it showed someone who had a hand on a bowl of soup, and you could see them, like, 
their elbow buckle a couple times. <laughs> they're like, uh, 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 before just dropping the thing and having like a big bunch of soup just fall right out of the bowl onto the side <laughs> of the counter and onto the floor. <laughs> and, you know, some people might have put the thing down and thought, maybe I need to get a towel or some kind of pot holder or something like that. But no, um, because you're a moron, you decided to go ahead with it. Even bunched up paper towels work in that scenario. I know because I've tried. <laughs> I just love the start of those commercials. Hey, are you a complete moron? Wear this at all times, please. You never burn yourself. <laughs> See, what we need is from now on, all these infomercial products just need to be called, uh, you know, things that will protect you from yourself. I, I think that's probably the most fair category. Right. I, you know, the thing I'd be scared is that for some of the same people that do the things that require the of glove to get one of those. Um, what is it, the Roomba, the automatic vacuum? Yeah, yeah. So I have a feeling they would trip over those things all day. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, uh, just out of curiosity, have you ever seen a cat around a Roomba? No, but I bet that would be an interesting sight. It is glorious. Cats and Roombas don't get along at all. You know what else doesn't get along with cats? 16-month-old children. <laughs> okay, I take it you have a story here. I say that because uh, my friend John and his wife came over with their 16-month-old girl, Mika, last week for dinner. And uh, upon seeing the cats, Mika proceeded to shriek and run after them and follow them under the bed and at least try to crawl under the bed to say hello to them, which I don't think would have been the best idea despite the docile nature of the cats that we have. <laughs> um, you know, a cornered animal is usually – that's when it's most likely to attack, so – we kept Mika away from there, but the, the cats got a little bit more curious as the evening went along. Although as soon as she ever noticed them close by, she continued to shriek and run after them, and they would <laughs> constantly run away. So that was actually a very entertaining sub-plot, subplot to our dinner. Uh, yeah, you know, it's it's kind of bad. I was thinking about this, and, and uh, you know, I, I, I'm tempted to say that we're sidetracked, but considering we didn't have a track to begin with, I'm okay with it. But Agreed. I, uh, I found something yesterday which scares me. There was a HuffPo piece uh, that was basically a three-minute video of dogs that were scared of cats. And I need to send you this link. It is uh, it is worth seeing. I won't I won't send it now, but it's it's worth seeing. Yeah, you want to sidetrack the program. That would sidetrack the program. <laughs> uh, no. Uh, it is interesting to watch other animals around cats, though. Oh, because yeah. especially the way the cats maintain their hunting instincts – <laughs> you know yeah so the cats are i mean they see a fly and they are just running all over the house jumping all over stuff uh I, you know it seems to me like some of the greatest physical feats i've ever seen are my cats chasing insects <laughs> you know what i'm talking about they're like jumping yeah. twisting in midair grabbing swatting at the things next thing you know they've got it cornered and you're just going like uh well i'll just go grab it from them now so they don't eat it and uh and then they just proceed to follow you around for the next few minutes going, uh, where'd Bring that, that thing back. go? <laughs> Bring that yeah. back. Can I have that back, please? <laughs> we uh, we were talking about people uh, fighting over food and such and getting angry over food. Here's another one. Dateline Mesa, Arizona. Uh, an Arizona couple has been charged with assault and disorderly conduct. Assault because it's food related. Get it? Uh, oh, I get it. After arguing with McDonald's employees and throwing food at them. Throwing food well. at the McDonald's employees. Yeah. The, uh, I would think that would be like walking into the proverbial gunfight with a knife. <laughs> they have more than you do. 
That's just all I'm thinking is that they've got a lot more to respond with than you do, folks. But how does this play out? <laughs> the uh, husband and wife claim their breakfast order was missing hash browns. So they called 911, which, of course, every rational person does whenever their breakfast order is Got messed it. up. They, uh, they said they had no other choice because managers refused to help them. Well, you know, um, you can always file a complaint with uh, the corporate office. Uh, they might, uh, you know, or but then, then you end up in the situation that there was uh, with that gentleman in waiting where he says, what are you going to mail me a Sunday? I want it now. <laughs> uh, so... You know, it's a tough spot to be in when you feel you've been wronged as a customer, especially in a food sense. And I shared that story about how I went to a place where they quoted me 15 minutes for breakfast. I showed up 20 minutes after I called, and, they, and it ended up being another half hour. Right. So, you know, at that time, they offered me a free food item, which I took. And then since they wouldn't give me anything else, I wrote a full complaint to their corporate people. And upon getting no response, I've never gone back to that restaurant again. You have a choice as a consumer. I, I see solutions for these people that don't include throwing their food or calling 911. Yeah, especially considering this is not some kind of artisanal bistro. This is McDonald's. Mm. Although I'd, I'd be pretty upset if I didn't get my hash browns too. <laughs> Michael and Nova Smith say they ordered a number two and a number four from McDonald's in Mesa, Arizona. I'm, I'm pleased to say – now, this might not have been the case when I was younger, but I'm pleased to say I have no idea what a number two or a number four would be for McDonald's. Yeah, you know, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm going to guess one of them was a uh, sausage McMuffin and I think the other bacon, egg, and cheese biscuit. That's just a guess. It's probably safe. It may, may be correct, but, I, you know, it's not like I'm stepping too far out of the realm of possibility. Uh, I have not had a McDonald's hamburger in – and by that, I'm not trying to get around any sort of dinner, lunch-type item. I No, I haven't had a filet of fish to tide me over either. <laughs> Um, but I haven't had any sort of McDonald's like non-breakfast item in – it's been a long time, like several years now. Uh, but I end up going there for breakfast a couple times a year, always when traveling, because it's really good. I know it's terrible for you, but man, those are good hash browns. I'd be mad if I didn't get them. <laughs> as long what? as you didn't order one of those disgusting sausage McGriddle things. No. Oh, God, I have the worst association with those. <laughs> I do. No, I the first the first one I ever had, um I, I wasn't feeling like super great that morning, not in a stomach sense, but like a you know, kind of stuffed up or whatever. Right. And you know, in, in the very bright, bright mind of a college student, I was like, I'll go get a big breakfast at McDonald's when I'm really stuffed up because that'll help with all the salt and cheese. Um but one of the things – I had a, a McGriddle that morning, and then uh, promptly my stomach felt terrible, and it came back. Yeah. And uh, ever since then, um, I've, I've, been, uh, I've been a no-go on the McGriddles. My, uh, my father says that he knows what a number two is. We'll have to ask him, although I'm, I'm going to guess oh. it's some kind of uh, – uh, You're walking right into – yeah, It's a trap! It's some kind of defecation joke, I'm sure. But uh, yes. they, they say the meals should have come with hash browns, and when they realized they didn't get the items, Nova Smith went inside to confront the managers, quote – it's a meal, said Nova Smith, just like you should get fries with your hamburger. We should have got our hash browns with our breakfast sandwiches, unquote. She uh, said they refused to give her her hash browns or her money back, and that's when she chucked food in their direction, quote, and that was out of frustration, which I probably shouldn't have done, but I did. Fighting over $2 of hash browns is ridiculous. It's ridiculous to have to fight that hard just to get customer service, unquote, said Nova Smith. <laughs> Hash browns are two dollars now, man. It's been really that long since I've been there. I... Unless they got two orders of them, but yeah, I don't know. 
that's the thing is I don't I don't have any concept of the pricing anymore. <laughs> I mean, it's one of those things where when I'm going there, I'm not remembering anything about how much I paid. Uh, this this story gets even funnier, actually, as as bad as this sounds. Uh, Michael Smith says when managers wouldn't hand back the food or give them a refund, he called 911, which, of course, we've, dis- we've discovered he's being rational, then walked behind the counter to confront the manager, which is yet another rational move. Quote, mm. I just was barely able to hold myself back, said Michael Smith, and if not for the 911 operator calling me back, I probably would have went berserk on him, unquote. Apparently it was an emergency. <laughs> Now, I'm sure they got in trouble for calling 911, even though he apparently stopped himself because the 911 people called him back. <laughs> well, so I, unfortunately, I must no. Hear. Uh, oh. <laughs> McDonald's managers say this was a brand new store that just opened a month ago. They admit their employees made a mistake, but say they were trying to fix the situation when a bag of food was thrown in their direction. And then this is where this gets funny. They say an employee was hit in the arm, which drew the assault chart. With food? Yes. The bag of food. Um, this was breakfast, was it not? <laughs> it was. <laughs> uh, see, I'm trying to go through in my mind. I'm trying to rattle my way through the McDonald menu thinking, what could possibly be hard enough in a bag from McDonald's <laughs> that you would even just go like, wait, what, did I just get hit with something? Yeah. Maybe the styrofoam container for the big breakfast. Maybe that's what it was. Oh, okay. Yeah, that might have... That might have done it, but still, I mean, come on. If you get hit with a piece of bread, I don't feel like... And it's in a bag, and it's wrapped. <laughs> like, it's not going to do anything. <sighs> Who knows? That's a frivolous lawsuit right there, folks. <laughs> yeah, and Lord knows we never have any of those on this program. No. There's uh, there's more food stuff going on, believe it or not. Dateline Atlanta, a Wendy's employee who dropped a partially smoked blunt in a customer's cheeseburger, has been fired and charged with marijuana possession. <laughs> I, I hear the laughter already. I, I, I just I, That's one of those ones that just froze me because you're thinking, wait a second, let me just go through my checklist here. While I was back in the kitchen, I figured I should fire this one up. Then... <laughs> Oh, an order came in? I'll just keep smoking this while I make the cheeseburger and then somehow lose it into the cheeseburger and not think to myself, hey, where did my blunt go before serving said cheeseburger? That's a pretty amazing <laughs> string of events, don't you think? Yeah, um, it has one of the, the, the funnier quotes I've ever heard in any story we've ever done later on in the story, so I'll just prepare you for that. Wow, that's that's a, that's that's a pretty big. Um, yeah, it's it's hyperbolic, but I'll I'll take that chance. Yeah, th- th- this is risking an overpromise right here. <laughs> overpromise and underdeliver. That's what this program does. Ah, <laughs> police in the city of of Lovejoy, Georgia, about twenty five miles south of downtown Atlanta, said a customer drove home with her food on November first, took a bite out of the burger, and noticed a strange smell wafting from it. The woman pulled off the bun and saw a partially smoked blunt inside, police said. And, of course, it, it's nice enough to tell you that a blunt is marijuana rolled into a hollowed-out cigar. Thanks for that. Oh, okay. For those of you who do not listen to the hip-hop music. <laughs> yeah, the, the rap songs. Yes. <laughs> Nicely played. Uh, <laughs> the, the woman, of course, called the restaurant's manager and all that, and... 
And uh, in an incident report released Thursday, authorities said 32-year-old Amy Elizabeth Sieber admitted that the marijuana belonged to her as soon as she saw police standing in the restaurant with her manager. Uh, Sieber told Officer Randall Rowland that it wouldn't make any sense to lie about the marijuana since she and the restaurant's manager were the only ones working when the customer placed the drive-thru order. Oh, sniper. Oh. And she apologized, yeah. saying she had misplaced the marijuana. Yes, that's a <laughs> poor place to misplace it. <laughs> It's always in the last uh, place you look. Right. <laughs> well, apparently you might want to stay away from Wendy's in the greater Georgia area, uh, or at least that one. That's um, Well, she's been fired. I mean, I'm not happy that she's been fired, but at the same time, you kind of had that one coming. She's been fired, but see, here's, here's the funny quote, and I, I won't read the rest of no. it because it's all matter of fact. Wendy's spokesman Denny Lynch decided to weigh in on this and said, quote, Obviously, the employee broke the rules and did not follow proper food handling steps, unquote. <laughs> so, apparently, really? she, she didn't follow the tip that you're supposed to put the blunt in the French fries where it's not as ah, easily discovered. Good point. Yes. Now, the thing that I, I love is just the idea that there could be, and this is not something that there would be, but that we could create a foods handling video that would include <laughs> dropping a blood into a cheeseburger. That, well, that's the thing that's cracking me up right now. The idea of once you have taken the once you have taken the burger off the griddle with the cheese melting, then drop your half smoked marijuana hollowed out cigar because it would be a corporate video, so you can't use the word blunt. <laughs> into the cheeseburger before wrapping it up for the customer. Make sure and wrap it promptly as this ensures that the heat will be kept in. You know what all those... Yeah, see, this this would be one of those videos, except you'd have, you know, like the 1959 style video. And it's like, welcome to Food Safety and You. I'm your boy exhibit. <laughs> let's, let's talk about <laughs> how to properly dispose <laughs> of, of your if shorty. If you exhibit, he would require that it's called Pimp My Burger. <laughs> Here's how to you properly dispose of your shorty before you, you fire up a burger. <laughs> if you are going to leave your hollowed-out marijuana cigar, <laughs> marijuana-filled cigar, in the burger, please take your roach clip away. <laughs> Leaving your roach clip in would be breaching all proper food handling etiquette at Wendy's. <laughs> Man, every time I go see that redhead bitch, she smokes me out. <laughs> anyway... Wasn't it amazing to watch how, how Wendy's, like, had best of intentions and then just decided to completely change course on the face of their, uh, yeah, face like... of their restaurant where they had a, <laughs> you know, a Wendy that was a little much, uh, that was a little plus size, let's say, and then a couple, and then, like, I think it was about a year ago they finally were just like, nope, we're going with, uh, we're going with skinny hot Wendy. Yeah, <laughs> it's like <laughs> realism be damned. Guys like redheads, but they don't like uh, chunky redheads. Which, you know, I, I don't necessarily agree with that, but whatever. So, you know, that was one of those things where, as I saw that happen, it was kind of, oh, sorry. <laughs> Bet that woman was really excited for those checks every month, too. She's like, this is a great gig for me. I can put this on my reel. I was able to stop doing those uh, commercials for the of Glove. And, um, you know, now she's gone. There's a... Uh... There's even more food stuff, believe it or not. What? Yeah, more food stories. Uh, oh. it, this one's a, a Florida derp, too, so there's two for one. Uh, Dateline Miramar, Florida, a mass drive-thru customer tried robbing a Wendy's on Friday morning. 
Man, Wendy's is having problems in the southeast. Let me uh, let me reread that first sentence. A masked drive-through customer tried robbing a Wendy's on Friday morning. That seems like an interesting strategy because you're in your car and can't get into the restaurant, and they could just duck and lock the doors. Uh, but you know, hey, let's did it work? Uh, well, the other thing I'm thinking is too, uh, they can catch your license plate number. It's not that tough. Uh, the uh, the driver ordered food from the fast food restaurant at 3750 Utopia Drive. Isn't that ironic? But when he pulled up to the window, the clerk saw he was wearing a mask and holding a gun, according to Miramar police. The clerk left the drive through window area, and the driver fired a shot into the window. No injuries were reported. <laughs> <laughs> Investigators believe he was driving a 2001 Trans Am. Of course he was. Yes. Well, I bet he was very confused when he couldn't find the pay and spray on the next corner. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Like, dude, I've been playing Vice City nonstop, man. I got this down. Oh. <laughs> Oh, Apparently, geez. if you pull into a random garage, all of a sudden the five stars doesn't go away. <laughs> That's weird. There was something from the comments, and uh, I can't read this on air, but I'm going to send it to you so you can read it uh, at your own leisure. I, I will okay. IM this to you. But this uh, this came from the comments, and uh, you can see why I can't read it, but it is funny. Wow. That is, <laughs> does it list the name of the... Uh... <laughs> It does not, but uh, how I wish it did. <laughs> wow. If only I could say that. That's, that's pretty amazing. It really is. <laughs> Props to you, whomever you are. Yes, that's a plus one. It's a rarely given out plus one for an internet comment because I don't read very many. I'd say, that's uh, a plus one. Yeah, that's Facebook-like right there. Yep, that's a thumbs up. <laughs> and no, it's not Burt Reynolds, just so you know in the chat room. Uh you know how the women these days love them some wine. Uh, mm. Doesn't matter, yes. you know who they are, where they are, anything like that. They are all about some wine. Mm. Well, uh, and an enterprising entrepreneur has decided to uh, take women's love for wine and turn it into a quote-unquote business. There are a lot of those. I, I don't feel like this is breaking new ground. Oh, you will. Uh, Dateline Orlando. An Orlando man was arrested on suspicion of placing cameras on his shoes to record upskirt video at a total wine store. Wow. <laughs> now, let me make sure that I've got this, this idea right. I yes. work in a wine shop. Yeah. I figured that the majority of people coming in are going to be women. Right. And on the off chance that they are wearing a dress in <laughs> November or December, even though this is Florida... I'm going to take my chances that I'm going to film it. <laughs> um, actually, there's a little more to this. Uh, and I thought it was somebody who worked there. Apparently it's not. Uh, Robert Grice, 67, faces charges of video voyeurism and destruction of evidence in the Saturday incident. According to police, a man said he saw Grice put his shoe, which had a camera attached to it, under his girlfriend's skirt while she was shopping at Total Wine on East Colonial Drive. So dude just rolls up to some some guy and his woman and it's just like, yeah, don't mind me. I'm just going to go ahead and do a little beaver shooting. Yeah. Um, Do do you wait till – I mean does he have a strategy about this, about I wait till, you know, 8 o'clock on a Friday when people are about to head out so I get girls in the tighter dresses where they may not wear underwear? (laughs) Is that like how he works? Or did he just sort of go midday and hope for a sundress? Like – 
I, I guarantee you he has a thought process on this. I'm just curious what it is. Uh, yeah, his exit strategy apparently wasn't uh, as it should have been, but they don't bother it was telling tough us when that. he had to unplug his shoe from the wall nearby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the USB cord came out of the camera. Yep. <laughs> Damn. Oh, oh. <laughs> Gosh, my stay stream right went down. Stay right, no, stay right there. <laughs> stay right there. The uh, the shopper informed the store manager about the incident and held Grice at bay until police arrived. Uh, police said they found cameras attached to each of Grice's shoes. When they arrested him and put him in the back of the patrol car, Grice destroyed the memory card on one of the cameras. According to police, Grice was taken to the Orange County Jail and was held on $1,150 bond. Now, um... I'm curious to know how the man installed cameras on his shoes that they weren't just completely noticed by someone. Dude, there's got to be some duct tape involved. I mean, seriously, if you're that stupid, there's got to be some duct tape involved. And if you have duct tape all over your shoes, that's going to draw some attention. The problem with this idea is I feel like if you are going to try to do something like this, which, first of all, really – I feel, you know, there's so much high-quality stuff out there on the internets for you right now. <laughs> um, I don't know why you feel you need to take this risk unless that's the deal. That's what you're really enjoying about it and reliving that moment. But I would think that trying to keep a low profile would be of, uh, you know, that would rank high on the list of priorities for this mission, well, so to speak. they don't bother to and, tell us, but I bet that dumbass was wearing those barefoot shoes with the little toe cutouts. Oh, God. What, and then he had a GoPro strapped across his, like, <laughs> No, I don't think that's going to work. So I'm just saying, if there's a lot of duct tape involved on someone's shoes, I would think that that would draw attention because it looks ridiculous. Sure. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah I, oh, I think you see what I'm getting at. I, I just feel like there's a flaw in his thinking. Uh, yeah, but, I mean, they wouldn't be on this show if they had some kind of an idea. They... They would just be the uh, you know the smart criminals. That's true. That's actually a really good point. But well done, sir. Thank you so much for making the show. <laughs> actually, I think there may be an update on this what? story. I'm looking for this the uh, the update to see if I have it. I'm not sure if I do. Um, Fingers crossed. Let's see. They uh, actually it says he was wearing tennis shoes. He slid his sneaker under the woman's skirt. Hmm. I, still, I, I would love to just see a picture of what this guy's shoes looked like now. Of course, they were destroyed. Um, seems like by the time that uh, he managed to get to jail. So I assume he just kicked the heck out of the back seat of the cop car um, or the ground or something like that to destroy the memory card, right? Because I'm sure he was handcuffed. Uh, yeah, it says – here are a couple of other things that, that we didn't have in the original story. It says that um, – Grice is accused of destroying one of the memory cards containing the images, and investigators said they recovered five pieces of the card, but not enough to rebuild the entire card. And uh, it also tells us that black vinyl was cut and placed between the tongue of the shoe and the shoestrings to conceal the camera from view. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. All right. Well, that's that's actually seemingly more thoughtful than I gave him credit for. Uh, however, it doesn't really get through the idea of the fact that you're just walking up to this woman and just blatantly sticking your foot right between her legs. That seems like that would be tough to get, get around, you know. that you know, There's a lot of proximity there, and people like their personal space. 
maybe this would have done better in New York. Uh, yeah. There used to be people being, you know, hemmed in, but at the same time, I don't know. I, I, I just, yeah, this is, this is a bad idea. You, uh, you could do better. Speaking of uh, bad ideas, Dateline Boynton Beach uh, two men. This is also Florida. Two men were only getting started when they walked out of a Boynton Beach Walmart with a shopping cart loaded with stolen electronics on Thursday. Security at the Walmart on 3200 Old Boynton Boulevard told Boynton Beach police they watched as a Kinsville Paulville 21 and Licensed Seneus 19, both of Boynton Beach, walked out with their first batch of stolen goods and stashed the hall in a trunk of a Toyota Camry. They went back inside afterward, this time grabbing 42-inch and 55-inch TVs, but security and police were waiting at the exit. Sineas tried to run but was caught outside. Police searched the trunk of the Camry to find the rest of the stolen goods. Police valued the attempted theft at $1,760. Both men are held in Palm Beach County Jail and face grand theft charges. Sineas also faces a charge of resisting arrest. Both men are held in lieu of $3,000 bail. Now, I'm struck by the security strategy by the Walmart loss prevention people uh, here. So you let them get to their car and load it. <laughs> what was your strategy had they gotten in said car and driven off? Well, they're not supposed to chase uh, shoplifters anymore. They're supposed to let them go, and then if they actually catch them in the act, they can then stop them. So the fact that... I, I don't. I don't know. I'm not even trying to figure out Walmart anymore. You know, they they stopped their whole price matching stuff, and now this, and then they fired all the you know the happy old bastards who used to sit at the front door greeting people when they walked in. I mean, they're they're just completely circling the drain at this point. All I know is that they used to, you know, I, all I ever think of when I think of Walmart now is rolling back prices. Apparently, they've rolled back security. <laughs> yeah, so that's they, cool. They've rolled back greeters. They've rolled back everything. Yes. Roll back your customer service experience here at Walmart. <laughs> yeah, there's there's that. <laughs> Do you think that they actually, you know, has anyone ever thought of the idea that at Walmart maybe they should just take uh, a big bin and say that, you know, yoga mats are on special for Black Friday or something like that. So when people bust through the door, they fall onto the yoga mats. <laughs> no, those, those actually those big, uh, you know, like the kind of like the the dodgeball type things except they're much bigger that you see, you know, little kids playing with the little, you know, inflatable balls. Just put those uh-huh. in the in the, uh, in the crate in the front. You could have a bouncy pit in the front of the store. Right, that would be good. Yeah, I'm just trying to think of safety. I mean, there seem like so many things that can be happening and if we don't have, you know, a, a a greeter in order to try to make these people feel calm and safe coming through the door on Black Friday one by one in an orderly single file line like always happens <laughs> or not. Uh, then I don't understand how they expect to keep the peace. Actually, what we need is a damn crocodile-filled moat in the front of that place. I was going to say, do we, I thought you were going to say Crocodile Dundee, because Paul Hogan's <laughs> probably available. I don't know what he's up to right now, but he might be able to go store to store. <laughs> this uh, this guy's probably a Walmart Black Friday shopper. Uh, Dateline Lake Worth, Florida. A man faces 142 charges after photographs of himself with guns appeared on his Instagram feed. 142 charges, huh? Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, uh, wow. That might be some kind of record, uh, at least for a program, for, for a read I remember on this program, at least that might be a, a different charge record. Probably not the longest sentence, but that, no. that's a good effort. Yeah, uh, Dateline, actually it's in Lake Worth. Um, WPBF Television learned Friday that detectives from the Palm Beach County Sheriff's Office, of course, 
We're actually investigating Dupree Johnson in connection with a series of jewelry thefts in several Boynton Beach senior communities. Okay, so we've established this guy posts pictures of himself with guns on Instagram, and he robs old people. Model citizen. Once Former the, Eagle Scout. Yeah. Uh, once they had information that led them to Johnson's Lake Worth home, they recovered numerous pieces of jewelry, including watches, charms, necklaces, and loose diamonds, as well as two stolen firearms, according to a report by the sheriff's office. Officials said they recovered about $250,000 worth of jewelry, electronics, and firearms. Now, you're probably wondering, after hearing all that, where did all those charges come in? Very simple. Uh, Johnson faces 142 counts of possession of weapons or ammunition by a convicted felon, among other charges. Ooh, that won't end well for him. No. Now, I thought that he, you were going to say that he got to 142 charges because he was charged individually for each DVD of the Golden Girls complete series <laughs> box set that he stole from someone. <laughs> you, you stole the Matlock box set. You're going to pay. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I think that that, you know, depending on how extensive a show that actually does remind me of something, and we'll have to come back for the conclusion of this story because okay. we never get sidetracked on this no. show. But it, it this reminded me of when I was in Chicago. Uh, we had an off day there when I was doing Padres, and I walked across the street to a Best Buy and was just kind of you know walking around, checking things out. You know, had an off day, no plan. Um, so I'm walking around the DVD section because I'm on a plane so often, so I'm always looking for stuff to watch. Sure. So. Walking around, maybe this is here. Let's see what kind of TV shows they have on DVD. Maybe that because those are those can be great on flights because you can rip through a whole bunch of them when you get bored on a coast to coast flight. And there I saw it, and by it it was a I, I want to say there were forty eight DVDs in the box set, and it was on special for ninety nine ninety nine. But it was the complete series and several uh, DVDs of extras for the complete series of Doctor Quinn Medicine Woman. <laughs> And uh, I, I had NCIS, so I was wrong. I really I, – I took a picture and said to a few people at the time, I wish I still had the photo. I think I, I, think I might actually – amazingly extensive, and I just wanted to know who the heck cares that much about Dr. Quinn, Medicine Woman. And I also wanted to know if it came with a like an open hearts collection pendant from the whatever <laughs> you stored out. <laughs> yeah, the – the murder she wrote DVD set, the diagnosis murder, uh, right. you know, Jag, all those things. Jag. <laughs> you know, <laughs> the, the military dramas are amazing. I, I don't get it. I really don't. Um, but apparently, if I want to run a major network in this country, all I need to do is fill up the primetime slot with a bunch of military dramas, and and I think I'm good. Two broke girls cannot be worse of a program. See, you know what was strange was I was listening to a podcast this week with uh, Whitney Cummings on it, and I guess she's heavily involved in that show, and and I actually think she's kind of funny. So I was like, then how did you get involved in that show? <laughs> I don't understand how this really. All right, everybody knows there are two reasons to watch Cat Dennings, and I don't need to go into what those are. Uh, performance in Forty Year Old Virgin, and. Um, <laughs> I don't know what else she's been in, so I, sorry, I tried to bail you out there. No, I, I, I think you can probably, if, if you think hard enough, uh, you can probably think of what those two reasons are to watch Cat Denning. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, continuing. Uh, when investigators yeah. asked Johnson... Oh, that's right. we got to finish this story. Is the one about airbags next? Uh, <laughs> well, if you want to go back to Cat Denning's, it's appropriate. Uh, <laughs> hey! Yeah, see what I did there? 
Um, when investigators asked Johnson for his occupation as they were writing the arrest report, he replied with one word. I want to hazard a guess as to what that word was. Baller. <laughs> should have been. It should have been, absolutely. I just feel like that would have been some sort of answer at that point. <laughs> baller. <laughs> no, it was not baller. Oh. What was it? The one word was thief. Okay, well, honesty... Uh probably won't do anything at all when it comes to your sentencing, sir, so I don't really understand that one. <laughs> Honesty is not the best policy. Uh, uh, not according to your attorney, I'm guessing. Johnson's Instagram feed called Deuce22 Certified includes several photos of himself posing with guns, cash, and what appears to be a joint. I if he got it at Wendy's. Uh, as of Friday afternoon, there was no picture of his mugshot on his Instagram account. Oh, that's too bad. Damn. What do you what do you think would happen if you like dipped part of the you know, what if you like soaked your blunt in frosty if you worked at Wendy's? How do you think that would come out? <laughs> but I guarantee you that if you worked at Wendy's and you smoked enough of those things, sooner or later you'd try. <laughs> this seems like a great idea. <laughs> Dude, I could go for a frosty right now. I'm not trying to get heated up while eating one, but I could go for one. Uh, frosties are pretty delicious you know i've mentioned before the dietary restrictions uh you know that that my significant other has on the show you know especially regarding gluten and dairy so sure. fast food in most part is out when it comes to us selecting food and you know most of the time we try to stay away from it anyway because generally it's not a good thing for you to be eating if you are trying to you know manage your health or if i'm really going to go off my you know if i'm going to eat something that's that bad for you i usually am trying to make it a little bit bigger ticket item you know it's like make it count you know what i mean <laughs> okay just, so you mean like you, you go to that whatever that grilled cheese place is in san francisco it's like american the uh, american grilled cheese or something like that you go there that stuff is ridiculously good. Like it's this gourmet grilled cheese on fantastic bread with hot top top end cheese, bacon. Uh, you know, it's got all this stuff in it that that just make. I mean, it's the best one you'll ever have. Sold. You know that kind of thing. Whereas the idea of just going to Wendy's is not one that's all that exciting for me. However, the other night, uh, my 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 lady friend got significantly uh, intoxicated and was talking about going to Wendy's. <laughs> <laughs> And I kept thinking, like, of all the things that you'd want right now, not a burrito, not <laughs> something like that, you know, where it's like, uh, no, Wendy's, okay. And we ended up not going there, but I was just so, I was so interested and kept thinking to myself, well, if we do, I am getting a Frosty. Yeah, but see, that since was you, pretty since much you, all I could think. Since you didn't go there, you couldn't get a bad decision on a pretzel roll. Right. Damn. Um, speaking of bad commercials. Yeah. I don't, the, the one where she's holding the burger out, and um, you're calling him weird. You're pretty weird for holding the burger out and making a burger do sexy talk, lady. By the way, um, my dad mentioned another TV product that we probably should come back to, the Pajama Grams. I don't know if you've seen the ads for those, but uh, they they have like these oh. these risque kind of commercials or whatever, and it turns out it's just for pajamas. And uh, oh. there's apparently my dad's mentioning a commercial that says, what is the best way to get your girl out of her clothes every night? And the answer is to get her Pajama Grams. Ah, yes. Well, that's very clever. Um, I might have to – the thing is, is I don't know how women tend to accumulate so many pajamas. Nor do I. Yeah, I don't really understand how this happens. Um, you know, the lady that I am living with right now, she has 
so many pairs of pajamas and pajama pants that are shorts that are only like really shorts to wear to bed right kind of things and it's it's just kind of mind blowing um Although, if you get one that were very interesting, you actually you will like this. I don't think I've told you about this. Is that um, every once in a while, Sami's mom will, you know, say, "Hey, I was at this store. I saw this. Was thinking of you." You know, as a thoughtful mom will, and she got her this pair of uh, green fleece pajama pants, mm-hmm. and they're very comfortable. They're very soft. She enjoys wearing them. The funniest part of the thing, though, is that they are Duck Dynasty pajamas. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm very amused by the idea of Sammy's mom, uh, you know, <laughs> buying these. Oh, Duck Dynasty, sure, uh, whatever. They're green. I don't think she had any idea about the show. <laughs> but, uh, you know. You know, I, I have to say, though, about pajamagrams, it's bad enough. You know, when you're trying to buy, uh, you know, gifts for females at the holidays. I mean, I, I'm sure that most guys who are, are looking for gifts understand this. But, you know, I'm guessing the pajamagrams came from some dude who had gotten punched in the chin a year earlier for buying, you know, like, candy uh, around, you know, Christmas. Like, what are you trying to say? I'm fat. And then, you know, she knocks him out. And he's like, I'll just get her pajamas. And then, you know, he gets her, like, one size too big. Oh, what are you trying to say that I'm even fatter now? And then she knocks him out again. And she's like, there's there's no way to win in any of those. Well, I think the best thing to do is get her a dust buster. That would probably go <laughs> really well. Um, no, get, get her a Roomba. You know, yeah, buy a Roomba. I, see, the thing is, is I'm always so intrigued by the idea. I am. I just keep looking at it going, like, man, if that actually worked, that would be fantastic. Don't have to vacuum anymore. But I'm sh- I, I don't think that there's any way that it would get everywhere it would need to get in order for um, me to get out of actually vacuuming. Especially when it loses its programming and just goes around in circles. That's even funnier to watch. Yeah. You know, the, the other thing is, too, is with the way that that, uh, that Sami is, is so um, – she's very specific about where things are. Everything has a place. But then that place will sort of change sort of, you know, uh, a month after the place was first established. Yeah, I rearranged things. I don't think the Roomba would do very well. You know what I mean? All of yeah. a sudden, there's a rug here. All of a sudden, there's this <laughs> basket here. All of a sudden, there's a new shelf here. All of a sudden, there's this new nightstand here. It would it would be going nuts. Like, wait a second. This is supposed to be open. I just learned the path around here. Now you have to go and screw everything up. And the cats would just knock it over eventually. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, Dateline Collier County, Florida. A Collier County student was suspended over an incident that started with twerking. Oh, boy. The principal made an announcement that twerking was banned, said Alyssa Murillo, a sixth grader at North Naples Middle School. North Naples Middle School is now a twerk-free zone after students say classmates started twerking in class. (laughs) (laughs) That's not the funniest part. When when his feet were against the wall, his foot slipped, said Murillo. When his foot slipped, it hit the fire alarm. So, so it, was he, a, wait, it was a male student twerking? Yeah. Oh, okay. Wasn't expecting that part, but all right. I, I, I figured he was, you know, playing the role of, of Robin Thicke in the, in, <laughs> there was a, there was a, a female student pulling like the Miley Cyrus version of twerking or something, but no, that's, um, you know, it's, um, new millennium and all, and 
gender stereotypes are changing, right, Brian? So, uh, yeah, continue with your story. No he, comment. He was me, the obviously. He was the twerker, not the twerky. Ah, uh, <laughs> yeah, and that seems like a very interesting uh, style of the. I mean, twerky has become such an all-encompassing uh, term of just you know dirty dancing. Um, you know. R.I.P. Patrick Swayze, but the, the the form of twerking that involves putting your feet up against the wall, uh, I, I really just it's like who who came up with that uh, and how did that gain popularity? Yeah, there's um, in the original copy. There's not a whole lot of of other uh, exciting stuff in this story except for the students saying that the fire department came and teachers were all over the place, quote unquote. Um, all over. Yeah, it. Uh, <laughs> Where were the teachers when this twerking was going on in uh, class? Who knows? I would think you might notice this and say, excuse me, would you stop doing a modified hands? Oh, please stop that. This um, – actually, the copy contains a hashtag of twerk fail, mm. which some of the tweets related to twerk fail include LOL, someone farted while twerking, OMGGGGG, hashtag twerk fail. Uh, let's see. What else is in here in this, uh, this hashtag? Uh, Miley has got nothing on me, said whilst collapsing and collapsing in a spectacular heap. Hashtag twerk fail. <laughs> Imagine someone from like 1920 came to today's times and they just overhear the first conversation they overhear was, yeah, did you read hashtag twerk fail on Twitter the other day? <laughs> Confused with baby. I say, did you read hashtag twerk fail? Yeah. <laughs> and the, the the other one I saw was white girl twerk on her kid's bed, LOL, hashtag twerk fail. White girl twerk on her kid's <laughs> bed. Wow. Okay. That's, uh, that's just all kinds of wrong. <laughs> that's, just, that's wrong. That's a, that's a lot of time to process how wrong that really was. <laughs> But, you know, I'm, I'm glad you brought up Twitter, though, because it reminded me of something. Uh, I was watching a um, a show on, I think it was like Nat Geo Wild or something last night about the Arctic. And one of the things they were talking about were the Inuit people um, and their struggle for food in the winter. And, you know, it's obviously there's it's so cold that it's tough for anything to survive. So that makes it hard to find food. But one of the things that uh, that I was that they showed as the weather started to warm up and it became spring and some of the birds started to return to the area was that they would, they would have a team of people go out and they would literally lower a guy who just had regular old rope tied around them. And he would go down the side of this cliff and basically be free climbing it, save for the rope to try to pick up eggs of migrating birds that had just been laid there. So they would have food for people. Now, I just started thinking to myself, like, could you imagine if these people had Twitter? <laughs> what would their Instagram be like? Do you think they'd be down there trying to pick up these eggs and, like, snapping selfies with them or something like that? <laughs> oh, dude, I don't have any coverage. Inuit Baller 69 Twitter is down right now. Oh. Got to go out to pick up eggs for these these lazy effers. Hashtag FML. Right. So, so I started thinking of that and then contrasting, okay, the life of these people is they have to go out, harpoon, and then butcher a two-ton walrus while, you know, as with manpower pulling it onto the beach. 
And then someone, uh, and then I looked at Sami. He was like, "Can you imagine that I complain about the fact that I have to go to two grocery stores sometimes?" <laughs> well, since you mentioned I'm that, a terrible person. Um, let's let's give another couple of quick uh, weekly hashtag YOLO tweets to uh, oh boy to get us over. Um, red wine with white fancy sweats hashtag YOLO. <sighs> okay. Um, in bed by eight thirty hashtag YOLO. Yeah, well, that's a big night. Uh, wearing f- wearing footy pajamas tomorrow, hashtag YOLO. Nothing wrong with wearing footy pajamas. I don't have any, but I'm not hating. Jeez. Uh, Snapchatting with random people, hashtag YOLO. Right, that is really pushing your luck right there. Actually, no, it's not pushing your luck. You're asking to see a penis. That's all you're looking <laughs> to do. Snapchat, you're just like, look, I just want to see a penis. Jeez. So... This... I don't know if it was a man who has some, like, by curiosity who posted that, or if it was a woman who is straight, or maybe it was a, a man who likes other men. I don't know, but that's – I'm telling you, that's what happened. That uh... I've never been on Snapchat, but I've just heard enough stories of people who have been to know that all that's going to happen is sooner or later, you're going to see a penis. Yeah, that reminds me of uh, a Tosh.0 bit where he was doing uh, chat roulette with random people and kept seeing hog right so i mean just saying you know what you're in for here's uh here's one that says my brain feels like it's bleeding hashtag yolo uh chances are that turned into yodo uh, shortly after <laughs> i get it i see what you did there there's just changed one letter and then the, it's still the same kind of saying yeah so yeah and uh the final one that we'll i'll, I'll share with you there are so many of, of them some uh, some random girl tweets, I just tripped up the stairwell right in front of Zach's parents, hashtag YOLO. I don't think that really applies to hashtag YOLO right there. <laughs> no, no, not so much. No, I, don't, I think that's a misuse of that. And could you imagine <laughs> if, if we just, I mean, there probably is someone out there who does this, but you, could you imagine starting a a Twitter account that is just called Twitter Police? <laughs> and you just went around and like grab some people's <laughs> tweets like this where it's like no, no no that's not what yolo that is misusing yolo no you are banned from using yolo for the next week right exactly uh, see how see how long it would take for you to just get you know i don't know someone to who who you said that to to find out your social security number immediately and then empty all your bank accounts or something <laughs> you're uh... or to start I, I don't know. Actually, I feel the Twitter police account would soon be sending out direct messages to everyone on their followers list uh, saying about how fast they could lose weight or something <laughs> or, on some called diet. Yeah, how they made $24,000 a day working from home. Right. That would be – yes. Uh, you know, um, so far I've invested about 5000 on the courses on that. I still haven't found the secret yet, but once I get it, I'll make sure I pass it on. Those those of you who listen to the program, and of course, uh, especially you, know that I am a Virginia native, a uh, a proud uh, descendant of the Commonwealth. Right. However, this story just screams for Buddy Lee Phillips to read it, so I think we need to call Buddy Lee Phillips to the microphone and let him read the story. Is he here? Uh, he is actually. He is right. Uh, he he just came inside. He's uh, he's got his soccer fan beaten stick in one hand, and and he he looks Good. ready to go. Yes. Well, I'm excited to hear from him. So uh, let's go ahead and turn it over to Buddy Lee Phillips and he can read this story. The Notorious BLP. Uh, thanks, gentlemen. Uh, a uh, Virginia man who received an ultimatum. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to interrupt. Yeah. Uh, you said thanks, Jim. Uh, the host of our program is actually named Brian. Uh, whatever. He's he's Jim to me. You're Jim, oh, too. Okay. Both of you are oh. Jim. 
Uh, All right. A, uh, a Virginia man who received an ultimatum. Ain't that that stuff you put on your chest when you can't breathe? Uh, yes. From, from his wife over his Harley Davidson, put them both for sale on Craigslist, saying both are in excellent condition. The uh, going wow. pr- the going price is $5,900 in Bob White's ad, which reads, Wife says Harley goes or she goes, your choice. The Harley 2006 Sportster only has 6,500 miles, but the ad says the 1959 model wife has high mileage. Ooh, oh boy. You're not really selling the wife too hard. Not not really. Uh, you know, hope they got hope they got the Carfax report on her. Yeah. He uh, has significant emotional problems. There was a high school eating disorder. All good stuff to know if you're going to be buying a wife off Craigslist. You could say that about any of them. That's true. He uh he shared pictures of the bike and his wife, noting that the wife is high maintenance. He also tells uh, people who are looking to buy both of them that they can test drive the bike, but tells people looking to test drive the wife, quote, don't even go there, unquote. Oh, all right. Well, I'm glad that he thought ahead. Excuse me as I just banged my microphone. Um, But I'm glad that he managed to think ahead enough to include that provision in his Craigslist ad. Uh, Somehow, though, I don't know if this would quite um satisfy the wife's ultimatum because while i understand that he is trying to this is his way of you know responding without uh actually you know getting upset with her i, I just don't think that this is really going to calm her down all that much well uh you can always find another uh find another bike and uh as for a woman you can always find another one at a white supremacist rally or barbecue cook-off or any any of them places of a, a white supremacist rally or a barbecue cook-off have you ever been to a one where they've combined both activities yeah i was gonna say uh, i go to a lot of white supremacist barbecue cook-offs and uh, let me tell you something the uh, the burn ends in those places don't get no better than that <laughs> wow well you know uh mr lee phillips I, I always appreciate you coming on to the show and sharing your very unique point of view with us thanks Jim. um now uh Mr. Lee Phillips, before we leave, if you were going to purchase one item from that Craigslist ad, which one would you purchase? Uh, I'd purchase a bike because then I could run over the woman if she wouldn't shut her damn yet. Oh, all right. Well, that's very inventive of you. Uh, thank you. i got to go out and bash some mailboxes, so it was good talking to you all. I'll talk to you later. Okay. Buddy Lee Phillips, everybody, thanks so much for coming by. Thanks, Jim. Thank you, Jim. Oh, man, it's always so great when Buddy Lee Phillips comes back because, like, you know, Brian and I, uh, we see the world in a very similar fashion. And when <laughs> when Buddy Lee Phillips comes in, we get a very different perspective and sometimes can break up uh, some of the similar thoughts that uh, that we have over issues on the program. So I really appreciate when he comes by. Yeah, we He's kind <laughs> of like when, uh, you know, Newt Gingrich hosts Crossfire. <laughs> we, uh, we always love to be open-minded on the program, and Buddy Lee Phillips reminds us of the uh, the perils of being open-minded. Absolutely, that's very true. Um, real quick, I know that you're a big reality uh, TV show person, not necessarily always by choice, but uh, uh, yes, you're familiar with Tila Tequila, obviously, the uh, former reality whore who uh, has former uh, girlfriend of Shawnee Merriman. Uh, yeah, something like that. <laughs> that's that's what Stop she's most Shawnee. famous for. It's it's not you know claiming that she's a lesbian or posing naked or anything like that. It's always that she dated a former roid-addled linebacker. Well, you know, <laughs> living in San Diego, that story got a little bit more run here versus other parts of the country. 
Um, I, I, I cannot believe what I'm about to read, and I don't think you, oh you're aware of this, but in a, in a punctuation-challenged, expletive-studded screed, reality TV has been, and that's the way it's written, Tila Tequila wow. has... Hold uh, on a second. Hold on. I just want to, I, I want to just pump the brakes on this right now. Because we've talked before about referring to people who have been in the show Teen Mom as reality stars. Right. And... You know, that was the idea of, wait a second, you are a star or a celebrity because you've made a terrible decision. And I'm not saying that the idea of having kids is a terrible decision, but I am, yes, saying across the board that I believe that the idea of a 16-year-old having a kid is a bad decision. I think that's fair to say. Right. All right? I don't think that that's breaking new ground by feeling this way. Now – with that kind of in mind, you know, we've we've talked about reality shows and how celebrity is interesting around it. To be called a reality show has been is just about the lowest you could go outside of <laughs> used up porn star, I think. That's pretty much like the rung above. Yeah. A working porn star would that be above reality show has been. Well, wait until you hear what happened uh, with this reality show has been. Uh, she's taken to her blog. Amazingly enough, she knows how to write. That's the uh, the Ooh. biggest upset out of all this. To ex- this is actually just a giant ad for WordPress. To explain. Site, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. You, fair you, enough. You can, show, you can figure out how to make a blog. So can you. <laughs> yeah. They could put her in a GoDaddy.com commercial next. Yeah, we can go see the fourth quarter of the bowl game there, remember? <laughs> yeah. A few weeks. Uh, Tila Tequila is taken to her blog to explain, quote, get ready for this, mm. why I sympathize with Adolf Hitler, part one, true history revealed, unquote. This is going to end very poorly, isn't it? <laughs> now, yes. I was going to say our show could be titled This Is Going to End Poorly, but in this case, <laughs> I really have an even stronger feeling about this, that it's going to go beyond the poorly of some guy with mental problems waving his dingling at people and saying he's trying to air it out. No, I think this might get really um, not just ignorant, uh, not just offensive, but ignorantly offensive. Uh, well, that's that's what this program is, ignorantly offensive. <laughs> How did we just come up to with, with two alternate titles in the span of 30 seconds? <laughs> this will end poorly and ignorantly offensive. Did we just become best friends? I think we might have. <laughs> yeah. Good housekeeping. Uh, not surprisingly, it says, her beliefs are getting a lot of attention and next to no sympathy. So she's getting at least a little sympathy, apparently. Do you think she'd get more sympathy if someone else read her take while she made out with women? <laughs> Probably. Uh, <laughs> This is a representative verbatim snippet. Quote, uh, by the way, let me just say before I go on with this, this, these are the words of Tila Tequila, not the words of this program. Oh, boy. Quote, I used to think all all of those horrible things about Hitler until I learned about the the truth about the war and what Hitler truly did, and he was not a bad person as they've painted him out to be, not even close, three exclamations. I cry because my heart feels five dots broken. Here's a man who was not a coward, stood up for his country in a desperate time of need, all caps, uh, unlike all of our cowardly leaders, and yet not only did he try his best to help his country and people get out of what was a time of depression, economic collapse, high unemployment, amongst many other things, he lost the war and was painted out to be a monster after his death. This is what breaks my heart, especially now that I know the truth, unquote. Wow. That's, um... (laughs) 
That's all kinds of stupid is what that is. That's uh, that's, that's pretty amazing. I, I have come <laughs> to find out here that she's also released a new song that she wants to go viral. Now, um, <laughs> Everything about I her is viral. That's an excellent point, Brian. But I think that when you want something to go viral is what it doesn't. Uh, and I realize that there are company market, marketing campaigns that hope to go viral and everything. But I think you see my point. Like those things are usually not in your control. Um, you can, ho- you know, especially when you're Tila Tequila, you're going to be going viral for bad reasons and bad reasons only. And I guess maybe this is going down in a blaze of glory. But I just don't think that. Um, yeah, I don't think this is going to be a good career move for her at all. Um, I do appreciate that she tweeted pe- t- she tweeted saying, people, people, please listen with an open heart and mind because so many of you are filled with hatred that it has blinded you from the truth that God has tried to show you over and over, yet you refuse to believe it. Yet you still pray and ask for God's forgiveness when you are so vile and unforgiving towards others. I never said I hated anyone, but just because I feel sympathy, compassion. Oh, and then it says see more. Well, why can't I see more, Paige? I, I was really <laughs> enjoying that right there. She's like a walking, breathing Stephen Lynch song. Yeah, um, I mean, there's got to be fodder for people who can sing and play guitar at the same time and have a sense of humor, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, she, uh, you know, I, I appreciate that, that we can get into the level of crazy she's gotten into about Hitler. Um, she also apparently believes that Paul Walker was murdered and not in an accident. So uh, <laughs> she's just really – I mean, she's she's um, – there's nothing left in the bag of tricks at this point. I think that she's she's trying to do Miley Cyrus, except she doesn't quite understand how to do it properly. <laughs> she also said, quote, I'm not going to sit here and say that I hate Jewish people because that is not the case, nor is this about Jews. It is about Hitler and his side of the story that was never told since he was not the victor. However, those of you with a closed mind can think I'm being anti-Semite. Think I'm being anti-Semite. All you want because I already told you that I'm not, nor will I repeat myself again, unquote. Now... There's one other thing, too. It says, in a separate 9-11 conspiracy-themed rant, however, she posted a picture of the Twin Towers burning as a result of fiery stars of David shooting from Bernie Madoff's eyes. All right. Well, that sounds very (laughs) well-reasoned. You know, I've looked up the actual post that she has. Yeah. um, Which is interesting (laughs) um, because... I find it funny that it's on the anonymous truth blog. <laughs> anonymous truth com slash such and such. But that's, it's like, wait a second. If we all know it's you, then it doesn't seem real anonymous. But anyway, uh, as I've skimmed through some of this, uh, <laughs> I'm not going to sit here and say that I hate Jewish people because that is not the case, nor is this about Jews. It is about Hitler and his side of a story that was never told since he was not the victor. However, those of you with a closed mind can think I am being an anti-Semite all you want because I already told you that I am not, or nor will I repeat myself. But I love how she goes on to say, of course there will always be casualties of war, and those of you who oppose my views or want to say hateful things about me for sympathizing with Hitler need to realize just how blanked up propaganda goes in attempts to cover up true historical facts that took place. So what I really appreciate about this is Tila Tequila is going to be the great person who is going to help us see through all of the lies that we have told to generations of people through <laughs> school and history books, various, various tomes that were written about the World War II, you know, that little skirmish that wasn't paid much attention to. 
all these historian people who study it for, you know, a living and whatnot, they, you know, they were just wrong. But this reality show has been is going to set us straight. Uh, she also goes on to say things like, uh, <laughs> when we see the white man, we do not think it put our fingers screaming Holocaust or Nazi. I understand that Jewish people went through some blank, too. But guess what? So did the majority of people who suffered in every single war that took place. You are not the only one. So please, if the rest of us can forgive and forget, maybe it's time you do also. Jeez. Wow. She, um... She also says this, and we probably shouldn't give her any more airtime after this because this is just so patently stupid. She was talking about 9-11, and in this piece it says, I think this is an opportunity for the house cleaning and other things to restore America to its proper place as a libertarian imperium. Now, folks, I, I don't talk politics on this program really ever, but I don't think I'm really talking out of turn here to say that I'm a libertarian. I, I want no part of... Anything having to do with Tila Tequila's libertarianism, stop it. Don't even put me in that bucket. I want no part of it. You know, um, <laughs> here we go. <laughs> it's really tough to figure out exactly what to say about this. Uh, on one of the reality shows that uh, I have been sitting through on a fairly <laughs> regular basis lately, um, <laughs> And no, that is not me. That is not some code for I, I want to watch it and just you know. Sure. No, it I, anywho, <laughs> uh, there are some. There's a storyline about a couple that have been together for five years, but a year ago the guy cheated on her in Vegas, um, and she's having a hard time getting past that. And then also on the same show, there's another guy who cheated on his girlfriend about a year ago, and she too is having a hard time getting past it. But they're not together anymore, and he's been trying to get back together with her, so he wonders why a year hasn't been enough time. Now, I don't claim to understand relationships, nor do I think this is a particularly great analogy, but I'm just going to say, look, if you're not going to get over the fact that someone cheated on you pretty much ever – I'm thinking that a race of people are probably not going to look too fondly over this whole concentration camp thing. I yeah. think that might linger, all right, Tila? I think you might be underestimating the anger that someone might have over their grandfather being put into a concentration camp. I think that this might be something they'd be justified over still being angry about. Yeah, I can see her next blog entry now. It was just genocide. Get over it. Right. Well, you know what? Um... I would actually invite Miss Tila Tequila to rebut all of the points that we make on this program um, because that would get us a lot of attention, and I'll take it, even if it's at her expense. I was going to say she just might be desperate enough to do it. Offer 20 well, bucks and a bus pass. Yeah, did that make air, Twitter? <laughs> <laughs> hey. Uh, hey. This, this was something I was going to uh, base the big question around, but I, I didn't have a decent question to base it around, so here's this. Mm. A study reveals South Carolinians are among the most courteous people in the nation and Ohioans among the least. Does that surprise you? Not a, not even a little in bit. in South Carolina? Uh, no, not a, not a bit. It says the study did not check to see if the phrase, bless your heart, and the true meaning when used by South Carolina residents might negate the Palmetto State ranking. Uh, Marks Incorporated published the results a while ago in May during National Etiquette Week, but the study tracking notice this week Marchek specializes in mobile ad technology and conducted the study by examining 100,000 phone calls made to businesses and recorded over a 12-month period. They looked for curse words and polite phrases such as please and thank you. 
the results were broken into two spectrums, most to least and most to least profane. Now, were these only <laughs> calls that were made to manned phones? Because I love know what num- the percentage of automated phone calls that result in at least one curse word to not an operator is. <laughs> uh, I don't know, but I, I think you're probably on the right track there. Just saying that every time I end up with one of those things and I can't just use the keypad on my phone for whatever reason, and the fact that sometimes you can't just punch in a number like that and it has to go to the voice recognition is an awful idea. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> I always find myself swearing at those things because it's so frustrating where you are speaking as clearly as possible and <laughs> it will not get it right. I live on a street delphinium. Like, good luck with that one, voice recognition. <laughs> well, that's that's about as bad as um, – and this is completely, uh, you know, non sequitur, but so be it. Domino's is making this big deal out of, you know, how their their online system is so much better than their phone system and everything. And if you call their phone, basically, you're getting a dunderhead who has no idea how to write. And so they're they're having 50% off their online orders. I've lived here for over five years. They still don't have my address in their online ordering system. They can That's deliver if I call them, but... They can't or can? Uh, they, they, can they, they can and will deliver if I call them, but if, if I go online, it says that it can't find me. All right. Well, that's pretty well played. That would be something that if they really want, you know, why don't you end up writing them? You know, maybe you could get Patrick Doyle, noted pizza magnate Patrick Doyle, to come out to Fort Mill and maybe do a commercial with you at your local, you know, waiting for your Domino's delivery guy, maybe watching you over your shoulder ordering online while your cats look at this guy going, he makes pizza? He's Irish. The heck? <laughs> Irish people don't do pizza. It's supposed to be Italian. I just remembered I didn't tell you where the uh, the most polite people were. So let's do that. Uh, states most likely to, to be polite were South Carolina, North Carolina, Maryland. Uh, that's that's false. Louisiana and Georgia. Callers m- more likely to be less polite came from Wisconsin, Massachusetts, Indiana, Tennessee, and Ohio. Now, I haven't spent a whole lot of time in a lot of those places. Okay. Uh, my brief time, the, the, the few days I spent in Boston, I could absolutely understand Massachusetts. I've spent a whole lot of time in Wisconsin, and everyone has been so nice to me while I've been there, pretty much without fault. I, I cannot think of an example of a time that someone was not too nice to me in Wisconsin. So I, I, I'm surprised to hear that one. Um, I haven't spent too much time in Ohio, um, you know, I was only there for work and, uh, I don't know. I, I almost feel like while judging Massachusetts on the three days in Boston is completely fair, judging Ohio based on just what I saw of Cincinnati was unfair. So I don't know <laughs> if my logic holds any water whatsoever. No, I'll allow it. <laughs> in the, uh, in the profanity spectrum, Washington State residents curse the least about once in every 300 conversations, according to MarchX. Ohioans curse twice as much. Other profane-averse states were Massachusetts, Arizona, Texas, and Virginia. Uh, following Ohio as curse-heavy states were Maryland, New Jersey, Louisiana, and Illinois. So wait, Washington was one of the most polite? Um, yeah, Washington... 
uh, actually was one of the ones that cursed the least. Yeah. They weren't in the in the polite spectrum, but they cursed the least. Yeah. You know, I was actually – I was waiting to see if there was any kind of correlation between legalized marijuana and more calm phone calls. Yeah, my uh, my father <laughs> expressed his opinion about Boston, and I won't repeat what he said. <laughs> All right. If you're curious, you can see what, what he thinks of Boston. I will have to head over to the chat room. <laughs> Yeah. Yes. Well, he's not necessarily wrong. No, 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 not so much. Uh, he he might have been in a fight or two in Boston. If you ask him about it sometime, he'll, oh. he'll be happy to tell you. Oh, really? Uh, also from the study, men swear more than women. Sixty six percent of the swearing was for men, and to the surprise of no one, longer calls resulted in more swearing, and uh, morning calls produced more swearing than afternoon or evening calls. Morning calls produce more swearing? Yes. Huh. Okay. Well, that's interesting. Uh, I guess people aren't drunk yet. That's probably the problem. (laughs) But you know what? Did it have anything where it specified that men swear more but women, you know, swear with more vigor or something of that nature? No, but you and I know that's the case. Yep. (sighs) I'm just saying. That is absolutely fact. And for those of you who are female who listen to this program, don't even try to refute that. You know for the absolute truth that that is. Don't even argue it. Uh, just, you know, just just, uh, just saying. And I think I think people really, if, if they thought about it, would absolutely agree. Now, see, if you're around a guy and he swears, it's likely just something where, you know, it happened and, you know, it just kind of came out. Or, or if he's if he's, you know, a little annoyed, he'll get past it. But if you start hearing a woman swear, your next thought is, I'm going to die. Right. So. Buckle your safety belt. <laughs> put on helmet. Put on, you know, bulletproof vet. Oh, okay, that might be a bit much. But you see my <laughs> point. Like, it's not going well. This is, um, you know, look for the atom bomb going off in her eyes. Like, that kind of thing. That's what I feel is about to happen when a woman starts swearing. Yeah, when you start hearing a bunch of uh, of beeps on, like, you know, the Real Housewives shows or whatever, you know that it's about to turn sour. Someone's weave is about to get grabbed. That's what's about to happen. <laughs> Someone's hair extensions are coming out. Jeez. Hadn't even thought about that. Yeah. That's what that means. <laughs> seen enough of those programs. We, uh, we also had an update on a previous story we'd run on this program. We were talking about... Um, adult entertainment places in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, mm. and uh, how they had enacted some some uh, policies to help clean up those businesses. We apparently have uh, had the Horry County Police issue at least seven citations to adult-themed businesses that were violating the new business ordinances. Oh, man. The... Uh, the conduct ordinance, actually the zoning ordinance, they have two different ordinances. The zoning ordinance re- restricts adult ste- adult yeah, themed businesses, use take two, to uh, one of three zoned areas in the county, highway commercial, limited industrial, and heavy industrial. So I guess that's where they have a bunch of fat women. Is that what that is? Um, so you can, wait, you can't have it in a residential area right next to a school? <laughs> oh, all right. <laughs> Naked women should be on display as much as possible, preferably in a residential area. Absolutely. Uh, It also forces the businesses to be at least 1,500 feet from residential properties, churches, daycares, and the like, which will effectively make every adult business in unincorporated Horry County in violation unless they change. 
A conduct ordinance also passed earlier this year prevents adult-themed businesses from being open between midnight and 6 a.m. Well, isn't that their prime time? What? There aren't any kids up hey. there. Hey! Come on. God. The uh, ordinance also sets stricter rules for businesses with viewing booths and prevents nudity in gentlemen's clubs. It also also states semi-nudity is okay. If employees are six feet from patrons on a stage that is at least 18 inches high. I don't understand the 18 inches high part of it. I don't either. Uh, Now, a question this week was the definition of semi-nudity. The county defines adult businesses such as a cabaret as one that, quote, features live conduct characterized by semi-nudity, unquote. The definition of semi-nudity in the county's ordinance states, it's the showing of of the female breast below a horizontal line across the top of the areola and extending across the width of the breast at that point or showing of the male or female buttocks, unquote. Well, you know, I guess that begs the next logical question. If we've learned what the line is across the areola, what you know, how how, how much of the the crack can you be showing before it's, <laughs> you know, if if I mean, you go out to certain places, and if women like to wear low rise jeans and heels, and maybe drop something, next thing you know, you could be experiencing full nudity according to the court's definition, depending on what it is. Yeah, it says, in the narratives of the seven police reports associated with the citations, only the Bunny Ranch narrative indicated the dancer on stage was, quote, wearing a dress made of string-like material that showed buttocks of dancer, unquote. Now, I had a thought. Okay. And I want to run around this by you because we're all about new business ideas on this program. Of course. Small business is good for America. I've seen a commercial telling me so, so it must be true. (laughs) Now, what if... And this would be requiring a fair amount of capital because you have to open two businesses. But what if we're able to open a high-end coffee shop across the street from a gentleman's club? So that way the husband could go into the gentleman's club and get himself a dance while the wives sit there and are catty about the fact that there are strippers across the street. So based on the strippers, you would probably be able to call it Scarbucks? Hey! Oh, that's brilliant. See? Yeah. I am an idea man. Yeah, no, that's good. <laughs> if you want to, if they have a special quiet section called the C section, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, I'm just saying, though, you, you not only are you giving the women something to do while they are catty, but you are giving them a thing to be catty about, as if they need any help. Or, which you could do. If you're going to market them together, you could call it drink and ink. I don't see – now, I think that this might require that people don't realize that you own both businesses. As, as much as I love the name Scarbucks, um, <laughs> what if you made – well, I don't know. What if they, instead of you know a bar at a gentleman's club, they just started doing high-end coffee? Then it could be called <laughs> Scarbucks. <laughs> Man, I have so much espresso that I got way too – oh, I got so many private dances. I am mocha-faced. <laughs> That's got a whole other meaning. Um, but, uh, you know, geez, this is this is getting ridiculous. Like, do you think anyone's still listening? <laughs> uh, no, why would they? <laughs> exactly. Here at Starbucks, our cups runneth over. <laughs> Oh, that was well played. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, could you imagine if if that was a scenario, though, that became a thing? 
Well, gives a whole new meaning to uh, peppermint lo- mocha latte season, doesn't it? Yes, it really does. <laughs> it really does. No, I, I think that, that I mean we do need to get our, our friend Julie on the show because I just want to ask like what what is the deal with the cattiness? I don't get it. I, I just don't understand. I mean we have plenty of haters and whatnot in the world, but I mean there seems to be uh, I mean there just seems to be a lot of of judgment and scorn from you know woman on woman prime so to speak. Yeah, see, that's the thing. There seems to be kind of this universal thing with uh, with women. Either women are their, you know, their besties or whatever, or they hate them. And there's there's yep. no real in between. There there's no ambivalence from one woman toward another woman. Either they love them or they want them dead. That's pretty much how now that the, works. Well, here's the problem though: is the fact that you can now if you are besties with if you're besties with a guy, that, then you guys aren't really guys. But the point is. <laughs> uh, if you are if if the guy is your best friend, then you're going to have to have a pretty significant incident in order to you know have a big enough falling out to say that person is not my friend anymore. But if you are a a female and you guys are besties, I mean it could be three weeks later, and you know you didn't text me when I asked you if you wanted to get coffee or something like that. Next thing you know, it's over. You know what I'm saying? Like besties can be reshuffled every six months. Yeah, that's that's the thing. It only takes one minor offense, and then all of a sudden you are completely dead to that person. It just shows. It just shows a greater pattern of lack of respect for my time on her part. And I just, <laughs> you know, I don't need people like that in my life. But what about all the great times you had? You know, didn't you have all these great times where you've you know been there for each other and supported each other? Well, this, this just shows where I'm at now, and I'm starting a new chapter in my life. Oh, all right. Well, in that case. <laughs> By the way, uh, we were talking about people hating people. Since we probably won't have time to do a uh, full sports program tonight, I wanted to hit this. Um, and, and it's very rare we talk sports on this program, but so be it. You'll have to indulge us tonight. <laughs> the uh, Alabama Crimson Tide fans have decided to get a little frisky again. It seems as though that time, never stops. They now have a petition on change.org. Trying to get Vern, uh, Vern Lundquist and Gary Danielson fired. Oh, good. Um, this from Andy Bearden, the petition writer, and it says this. Ask any SEC football fan what's the worst thing they can hear on a Saturday. You'd think they would say that their team lost, but that's not true. Most of them would say the worst thing they can hear is that their school's football game is the feature game on CBS. Why would that be so bad? Because the commentators are Gary Danielson and Vern Lundquist. These men are way past their prime in sports casting, and it's time we get some fresh new faces who can actually do a good job. Gary and Vern often forget names or players, coaches, etc., and call them a completely different name. Their commentary is extremely negative for most of the game. They are also two of the most biased commentators on TV. They cannot remain neutral at all. They pick their team in the game and constantly berate the other team. Any college football fan will tell you that the commentary adds so much to the game, but in Gary and Vern's case, it completely ruins the game. We as college football fans are begging you to consider replacing Gary and Vern. We need fresh new faces who make us anticipate and want to watch our teams play instead of completely dreading it. If you don't believe me about how badly everyone wants Gary and Vern gone, just check out CBS Sports' Facebook page or search Twitter for mentions of them. You'll find post after post of people saying how awful they are and that it's time for them to go. Um, you know, <laughs> I'm going to guess that CBS officials probably are pulling like the Gus Van Sant from uh, Clerks, or I'm sorry, not Clerks Two, but Chan Silent Bob Strike Back, where they're <laughs> filming, where they're filming Goodwill Hunting Two hunting season, 
and Ben Affleck and Matt Damon keep asking for direction, and he's like, I said I'm busy, as he counts his money. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty much what CBS officials do. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> uh, did you have a complaint? Can you refer it to our our website? Thanks very much. Twenty, forty, sixty, eighty, hundred. You know, <laughs> I mean, come on. Every time they go to a replay, it flies in a Home Depot logo. How much money do you think you're getting from that alone? As of the uh, the writing of the petition, it has, or actually, as of the writing of the story, it has three thousand sixteen of six thousand nine hundred eighty four necessary signers. Who decided this? Th- what, what is what is the number of necessary signers again? Six thousand nine hundred eighty-four. Now, who decided that that was the number that was needed in order to make it a legitimate petition to get people fired? Uh, I have no idea. But I find that a very interesting number. Not that I have any idea how they came up with it, but do you really think that all of a sudden that the six thousand nine hundred eighty-fifth person signs the petition, and then people <laughs> at CBS is like, "Whoa, whoa." <laughs> We might want to start getting some, some reels in here because I, I guess we can't bring these people back. No one's going to watch next year if we return it when 6,985 people have signed a petition. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> that, that's uh, – does the people who start a petition like this, do you actually believe, even in your wildest dreams, that it could work? Some of them probably just don't care. They're just like, oh, I'm, I'm mad, and I just want to tell everybody I'm mad. I don't care if it accomplishes anything. I just want to scream. Do they, do they have a special, some sort of like high school program in the state of Alabama that teaches you how important it is to start petitions after, excuse me, <laughs> after the one that was started last week saying Chris Davis was really out of bounds? Oh, yeah. There was that one. I'd forgotten about that one. Right. So, I mean, Alabama fan is apparently all over petitions. By the way, uh, really quickly, we should probably plow through these because, again, we, we are uh, a little short on time this week. But uh, I wanted to share with you our annual rite of passage, the bowl gifts that each bowl participant receives. We go over this every year and now actually have Ed on the program so we can make fun of it together. We'll start with the Gildan New Mexico Bowl, Colorado State, Washington State. That is Saturday, December 21st in Albuquerque. Uh, they get a trip to the gift suite, which we love those, uh, a, mm. a portable mobile device charger, 8-gig USB drive, Oakley Breadbox sunglasses, cap, Oakley Fine Knit beanie, Oakley Flak Pack XL backpack, and Gildan Stadium blanket. Now, the thing that I love about these is, is wondering what's available in the gift suite. Like, do you get to go to the same gift suite that Jesus Shuttlesworth did on his recruiting trips, or do you get to go get one where you can get, like, a beanbag chair or something like that? Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, I wonder what the difference is, you know, between these things. <laughs> Good question. <laughs> you know, actually, yeah. now that I think about this, we we have time this week, and, and we'll we'll go ahead, we'll do the sports show. It'll be a, a, uh, a shorter sports program. So for those of you who want to hear sports talk this week, be sure to tune in for Sports Matters. But we'll go ahead and call the end for now to Did That Make Air. And uh, those of you on the Did That Make Air side who don't like hearing about sports, you don't have to. We'll be nice. But this has been episode 14 of Did That Make Air. And uh, we will see you again next week for the final episode of this program for the year, I think. We might change it up. Who knows? But this has been Did That Make Error, episode 14. See you next week, and uh, we live to overpromise and underdeliver.